This is your brother James, and this is the Not As I Will podcast. So I wanted uh, this time around to discuss a topic, you know, everybody thinks about. Um, and I was watching a show. It's called Married at First Sight. I, I don't know. I, for some reason, I'm like into reality TV all of a sudden. Like I like uh, Survivor. I think Survivor is like a really epic show for some reason. But anyway, we're me and my wife like watching um, Married at First Sight because it like gives a you know it usually creates conversation about our marriage and it's like helps us bond uh for some reason so we like that show so anyway there, there was this woman on there she's you know she claims to be a believer i'm not saying she's not I'm just you know she's she's a believer um but there was like you know there was this obvious drive with for money you know like she obviously like I, you know, was like, I, I'm trying to make as much money as I possibly can and you know, all this stuff. And I want my kids to have better than me. And I just, I hear that comment and I just want you to think about this for a sec. You know, if you're somebody who, you know, you want your, your kids to have better than you. Okay. Um, you're like, I want to make all this money so that way my kids can not have to work or something like, just think about that statement. Okay. Just think, you know, um, it's, it's not a good, it's not good. Cause what you do is you create entitled kids <laughs> and you want kids to work for things. So I, you know, I'm not saying you can't have nice stuff. I'm not saying you can't, uh, live a nice life. I'm just saying I wouldn't use that statement <laughs> as like your calling card for your kids. <laughs> um, you know, if you're somebody who does have a lot of money, you got to try to mimic like work, right? Like, um, you, you got to try to help your kids earn what they get, you know, not something that, uh, uh, even, yeah, even if you do have a lot and even if they know you have a lot, you still have to create like an environment of like, I have to, you know, I have to work for this. I can't just like, nothing's going to get given to me, even though it was, you know, even though you're giving it to them and it appears that way. You have to like mimic an environment that 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 requires work, right? Because it, it's just, in, you know, and, and you could go through life where you're just, you know, somebody who everything was handed to you. I just don't think that that is making making your child a, a better person. I think it's making them a, an entitled person. Um, so I, I just I encourage you to if you have that thought of like I want my kids to have more than me, and and that's good, right? That's good, but you also want them to work for it and have to earn it. And I don't mean like, you know, God gives liberally. He does. He just gives it to us. So I'm not saying that this is necessarily a spiritual thing that I'm telling you. Right. But I am saying that there has to be some sense of work. You know, there is also a scripture that says, you know, the years of our life are 70 years. And if by reason of strength, 80 years, yet their boast is labor and sorrow, you know. So life is labor and sadness. Right. That's what it is. And when you train a child in a life that is just, you know, everything's handed to you. It's just not real. And it's not, I don't believe it's what God wants. You know, um, I do believe he gives to us liberally and I do believe he gives us as much as we, you know, more than what we could handle if, as long as, you know, if we're serving him, if we're giving our lives to him, he gives us more than what we can handle because he knows we're going to give it away. Right. But at the end of the day, 
I do believe he wants us to train our kids to have to work, you know, and, and, and if you don't work, you don't eat, you know, that's what it says specifically, you know, um, you know, and, and I believe people go through a time where you work to eat, right. But then at some point you eventually, you know, graduate from that as long as you're not like doing something different, you know, doing something else. Uh, so you, you graduate from that and eventually you are, you have an abundance, right? I do believe God does move you into that state. Um, but before that state, you have to work to eat, you know, and that's what it is. So that kind of brings me to my next topic of tithing. So tithing, um, people, you know, at churches, I, I, I like churches that don't have a tithe message. And I'll tell you, I'll, I'll tell you why. Now, I, I like churches that teach about tithing, but they don't like have a set set aside time to talk about why you need to give money to their church. Yeah, the church needs money to, to function, right? First off. And I think people know that. And I, I, I've been to a couple churches and the ones that I like the most are the ones who don't emphasize the idea of giving to the church. Uh, the church I currently go to literally just says, okay, now we want to honor God with our giving. And then they keep it quiet for like three minutes and people will have the opportunity to tithe or whatever. And I actually really highly agree with it because uh, one, we, you know, we live in a society where people, you know, money drives it. Like it, we, the U S is a society where if you didn't have money, you can't function. Right. So everybody understands that you don't need to be telling people that you need money. They know you need money, right? And I do appreciate the self-awareness that they have of that, right? And they just trust that God's going to provide. One, that's the main thing, is it's a church that trusts that God is going to provide. A church that does a, a uh, tithe message is a church that isn't trusting God to provide. They are scrambling, and they're probably not doing very well financially, um, believe it or not. And it's usually, you know, it's usually churches that look really nice and, like, have a lot of lights, and there's a lot of things going on. Those are the churches that are usually struggling probably a little more than churches that that aren't and aren't as quite as uh, social and out, you know, flamboyant and things like that are, are churches that are probably doing a little bit better because they're not overspending on things that don't matter. Right. Um, and that's the thing you got to look for. Right. That's the thing you got to look for. And and, you know, when I talk about your kid, you know, you wanting to have a better life for your kids. Well, it starts with the tithe. Right. So 10% is the tithe. Now, at some point, you do want to be able to give more than 10%. However, don't give more than 10% if you're struggling. You, you're supposed to give 10%. God will honor you and he will, you will get more discipline with your finances if you're giving 10%. Like it is, it's, it's going to happen. You're going to be learning how to live with 90% versus 100 and you will get more disciplined and life will be better in the, in the long run, believe it or not. I know it doesn't make a lot of sense, but my dad always said, do you want a cursed 100% or do you want to bless 90%? I probably want to bless 90%. So 10% is like the beginning, right? It's just the beginning. Now, yeah, and that might be for a while, right? You might be in that place for a while, and that's okay. It's okay. 10% is okay. That's all God asks. That's all he wants. At, you know, the closer you get to God, you realize, oh, he kind of does want us to do above and beyond that. But that, you know, that comes with time. Don't expect, you know, you don't, you don't need to do that right away. And, and I hear people that give and give and give, and yet they're struggling to pay their bills. And it's like, 
I don't think God wants, he doesn't want that either. He doesn't want you just to give. Now there are, you know, obviously if God's telling you, you have nothing, but I'm going to bless you, please give everything you have away. Okay. You know, and, and God has done that. He has, you know, he, Jesus told the guy, you know, the, the, the kid, uh, he goes, Lord, I've done all these things since my birth. What else do I have to do? And he says, you, you know, go and sell all that you have and follow me. And see, Jesus, so we misconstrued what I just said, right? I just said that God's not asking us to give everything we have away. If you follow Jesus, you have given everything away, first off. Okay, that's foundationally. This guy hadn't followed Jesus yet. And that's what Jesus was asking him to do, was follow him, give everything away and follow him. When you accepted Christ, and a lot of you, those of you who are like on fire and, and love the Lord, understand what I'm talking about. It was a day. It was a dark day. You've had a dark day. There was a dark moment in your in your life where you had nothing. And you had no choice but to follow the Lord. And you had no choice but to give him everything because you had nothing else to give. And he was the only one who was going to take you. And those of you who are listening to me right now understand exactly what I'm talking about. Because I've had that day. The darkest day of my life. I saw, you know, I, I kid you not, I was tripping on acid and I saw the devil. I did. I saw him. I was dancing with him in this pit because I was in a life that was not, it was not a, a good life for me. And I was still, you know, I was still living on, under my parents' roof, um, just graduated college and I was doing the wrong thing. I was, you know, and I wasn't going to church. Uh, and that was the first time in my life for, you know, a six month period. I just didn't go to church and it was, it was hell on earth. And, you know, it, there was some fun moments but I would say overall, it was pure hell. And I don't know how I graduated college. I have no idea. It was by the grace of God. And I have no idea how I wasn't like arrested, um, you know, just dead. You know, I, I don't know. There was a lot of things that could have happened to me and they didn't. And I remember that day because my life changed forever that day. And, you know, God helped me from that day uh, in a lot of ways. Right. But. What I can tell you is that those of us who understand what Jesus was asking this young man when he said, Lord, I've done everything, you know, I've done all these things. I kept all these commandments. He's like, well, one thing you haven't done is you haven't sold everything you had and followed me. And the guy couldn't do it. He couldn't because he had so much, he had a lot of possessions. And fortunately for those of us who have had that dark moment where we didn't have anything and we follow God. It was because we had nothing and that's all we could do, right? You know, it's it's easier for a rich man to enter, or it's easier for a camel to enter the eye of the needle than a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And that's the truth, right? If there's a rich man today who comes to the Lord, it's by a freaking miracle. Rich man today who's never known the Lord and the God asks him to give it all away and he comes to the Lord. That is a miracle. Like I would... I would probably cry. I like, like legit. I would probably cry if I saw that. Like if I knew a man who was abusing everything that he had, you know, did everything, every sin under heaven, right. Had all this money and just abused it. And one day he just comes to the realization that his life is meaningless. And he, God just asked him, he's like, Hey, you know, I want you to sell everything. You know, you have a $3 billion business and I want you to sell it. And he does it because he accepted the Lord and he, and the Lord, he gives it away. That, that would be 
that's something right there. And, you know, fortunately, I'll never be in that situation, right? Because if I ever do get to get to a point where I have that much money, it's not because of anything I did, right? Because I, 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 anything I try to do, I try to destroy everything. But with Jesus, the Lord, he, he's the one who does anything through me. You know, so I, you know, I, and from that day forward, from that dark day, I let him because I, I knew I, I, anything I do is destruction. And so we all understand, you know, the tithe is just, it's our honoring, you know, it's, it's us honoring God. It's us saying, you know what, like, I, I'm going to trust you with my 90% Lord. And, and I know you're going to, you're going to do with it what you will. And that's, you know, it's, it's not about, uh, our amount isn't, you know, it's not a lot necessarily for everybody. Some people it's a lot, some people it's not 10%, you know, but it's still 10%. It's the same amount for everybody. And that's why God made it. And he does understand that we need to survive in the, on the earth. So don't, don't misconstrue that either. I wanted to close out today with our scripture memory segment. First uh, Thessalonians four, verse five. Uh, finally, then my brethren, we urge and ex exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God for you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus for this is the will of God your sanctification that you should abstain from sexual immorality that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God. Not in passion of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, <clears throat> not in not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, <clears throat> that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, <clears throat> as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God. Who, also, who has also given us his Holy Spirit. But concerning brotherly love, you have no need that I should write to you, for you yourselves are taught by God to love one another, and indeed you do so toward the brethren who are in all Macedonia. But we urge you, brethren, that you increase more and more, that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you, that you may walk properly toward those who are outside, and that you may lack nothing." But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who, who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this, this we say to you by the, by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. 
and thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Yeah, so as, as I was going through that, I was thinking of, you know, <clears throat> the word uh, in, the, in the, <clears throat> the verse we were memorizing, the word no. Yeah, the word no is ado, and it is in reference to people who, you know, are unable to see God, right? See him in a spiritual sense. And that's why it's important when we're praying for people that we, that we ask, you know, we ask the Lord, open their eyes spiritually to see you, Father. Pray for their salvation that they come to know you because, you know, um, it's, it's easy, it's easy to kind of pray for people the way you want to pray, but really you want you want them to come to know the Lord because that's the most important thing. And this was your brother James, and this uh, is the podcast, Not As I Will.